Hello, this is Marguerita Monet from Edge of Paradise, and you are listening to the Metal Pit Podcast. Welcome to the Metal Pit Podcast, where we dive headfirst into the world of metal every week. Please check out our website at www.themetalpit.org, and you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Metal Pit, and you can check out our YouTube channel at The Metal Pit 666. Of course, we just listened to the song The Oath by Merciful Fate. I almost said don't break the oath because I always think that's what it's called, but that's what the album's called that we're going to be talking about. And with me tonight, we have Stacia. Hi, Stacia. Hello. Thank you for having me back. You're my uh, Satan expert. So this is our third podcast. And <laughs> I know every album is about Satan <laughs> <laughs> or has something to do with Satan. Nice to have that consistency in your life. <laughs> so we're going to, so I'll do a little uh, bio here on Merciful Fate for anybody who has never heard of them or King Diamond. I suppose some people maybe have only heard of King Diamond. I doubt it. But anyway, they were from Denmark and formed in 1981 by King Diamond and guitarist Hank Sherman. Their lyrics deal with Satan and the occult. They could be the first group that's ever said Hail Satan on an album. I'm not sure. I didn't really look that up, but <laughs> since it was it was on their first album, which was Melissa in 1983. But this album, Don't Break the Oath, was released in 1984. It figures, of course, it features, of course, King Diamond and his unique vocals with his falsetto vocals. I've never heard anything like that before when I first heard this album or I get, yeah, this, and I'll say it right now. This is the first merciful fate album I heard was this one that we're talking about today. And let's see. Uh, but now they influenced a lot of black metal bands, but kind of like Venom did too, but they didn't really play black metal. It's just that they're singing all the dark lyrics about Satan and the cult. That is what most black metal bands sing about, but they more or less play traditional metal. Just, it's all about, you know, Lucifer. <laughs> they influenced a lot of bands along the way, of course, like even Metallica, who put a Merciful Fate medley on their Garage Inc. cover album that they released in whatever year that was. And they Merciful Fate also influenced many other thrash and death bands and, like I said, black metal bands. They have seven studio albums. The first two, Melissa and Don't Break the Oath, were 1983 and 84. And then it was a nine-year break because the band kind of broke up and King Diamond went and did his solo band. And then they reformed in 1993 to release In the Shadows. And then there was four more albums after that. The last album was in 90, 1999 called Nine. And according to Wikipedia... They might be working on a new album, but I haven't heard anything about that, as you did tell me that King Diamond is working on a solo album, so I don't know if, but they did go on tour last year as Merciful Fate, with, not with, of course, the original band members, but with some of them, and the band on this album has King Diamond, of course, on vocals, Hank Sherman and Michael Denner on guitars, Timmy Hansen on bass, who passed away in 2019, and Kim Ruz on drums. And just one side note, uh, 
From 1993 to 1999, Charlie D'Angelo was a bass player, and he, of course, now is in the band Arch Enemy. Uh, let's see. When did you first hear this album or Merciful Fate for the first time? Oh, man. Uh, that's funny. I didn't even think about that, uh, which is usually something I, I sit down and, uh, you know, reminisce about before we do these. This is the first Merciful Fate album I heard for sure. Um, I want to say I was I was probably like 23, 24 when I first heard this. Um, so a thousand years ago, I used to do a metal radio show called Auditory Suffering back when I lived in Windsor. And it was, uh, well, really what I did was I brought a lot of uh, grind on there, but I, I really made it my business to suss out any band that used corpse paint just because that was a fun hobby of mine. So obviously you find the king. And um, I, I heard King Diamond solo stuff before I heard Merciful Fate, but I really love both. I love both equally, if I'm being honest. Um, and yeah, this was definitely the first one that I heard and it... Uh, it's got, you know, a different, I think it has a different vibe um, and it's a little more, I don't want to say sedated, that's not the right word, but it, it's got a different vibe for sure from King Diamond solo stuff, uh, but it was very much a love at first listen album for me. Well, for me, I, I did say, yeah, Don't Break the Oath was my first time hearing Merciful Fate. And if I remember correctly, I was in high school since I'm that age. And my janitor, or one of the janitors at the high school, found out I liked heavy metal. So he sold me some albums, and he <laughs> said, "Oh yeah," and he said, "Oh, you should take this Merciful Fate. You're gonna love it, or whatever." I don't remember how he knew, or I mean, I'm sure I had stuff in my locker, but I don't remember what I had on my locker that he would have seen and said, "You're gonna love this guy <laughs> or this group." But King Diamond, of course, vocals. I mean, but anyway, yeah, that's where I first got it from was my janitor at my high school. Man, that story kicks ass. That's I think that's the best story for how you first heard King Diamond. <laughs> Actually, he also sold me the first Black Sabbath album. What a cool dude. Because his name's still on the cover. Like he wrote his name. I don't know why, but he wrote his name on the cover of his album. So <laughs> to it get still credit has a theme. Forever, John Russell, obviously. if you're out there, I don't know. But John Russell, hope you're well. <laughs> so yeah, so that's when I first heard it. And like I said, you never heard any kind of vocals like that before. And it blew me away, and I love the music on this album, too, but we'll get to that, I guess, when we start talking about the album, which <laughs> I guess we can do right now, then. Perfect. And it starts out with a dangerous meeting. I'll let you talk about that song first, then. Well, so it's funny, because I, when I wrote this down, uh, I was like, this is maybe my favorite song on this album. But then I realized I said that about, like, six out of nine songs so <laughs> I was like there has to be something else going on here uh I just this song has such good leads um I, is that is that is that a glockenspiel like two-thirds of the way through here yes yeah I don't know is it <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'm not I didn't a know you were asking me I'm a, yeah no I'm pretty I think it oh, is yeah. but I'm not 100% sure but I'm I, you know it's one of those things where you hear it and you're like wow I uh only the king can make a glockenspiel really, really metal. Um, well, see, for me, uh, as I listen to this, you know, a bunch of times again to prepare for this, and uh, his voice, of course, 
this would have been, I guess, the first song I listened to then if I played side one first, because I had vinyl, of course, at the time. And so his voice like instantly sent chills down my spine, that mm. high falsetto voice. And this song actually, oh, they re-released this album. I don't know what year it was, but it came with a bonus track called Death Kiss. And that actually turned into the song, A Dangerous Meeting. So I never, I don't, I never got the reissue or anything. So I've never heard Death Kiss. But anyway, that's what this song turned into. Yeah, now, I read that too. I read that there was the the re-release, but I haven't listened to that either. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think it's on Spotify or anyway. Sorry, my dog just barked in case anybody heard that. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, uh Funny as I was, as I listen to all these albums when we do these podcasts, I retake things a little closer than I used to. But this, I I love this song, but it's not one of my favorite songs, like you say. And I find it a strange opener because I thought they might have opened with something like, well, the oath would have been a great opener, of course. That's really funny because Gypsy I think would be a good opener. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm even talking about that. Cause I still love the song. It's just, it's, it seems weird to me that, that they open with that one. I just feel like the oath is so perfect where it is like right in, in the middle. Um, yeah. It's okay. So because I, with every single song, a lot of my notes are, it's great. Um, I have a lot of really fun facts about this album to kind of uh, supplement the fact that mostly all I have just, I mean, there's definitely like parts, but a lot of what I have is praise. So um, just to pad this a little bit, I have, I'll start off with my best piece of trivia because this is one of my favorite things that I've ever heard. Um, I don't know. Are you a Cannibal Corpse guy? Like, do you like that band? I don't dislike them, but I don't really listen to them regularly or nothing like that. But I've heard them before, of course. Okay, so I love Cannibal Corpse so much. So Corpse Grinder, who is their current and second singer, this is his favorite metal album of all time. If you ask George Fisher what his favorite metal album is, he will tell you Don't Break the Oath. And he uh, he got interviewed about it, actually. And he was just like, yeah, I love the vibe. I love the falsetto vocals. And he said that when he was in high school, he's like, everybody was stuck on Metallica and we were already on to King Diamond. <laughs> and I thought that of, was so neat. And uh, I forgot to mention, yeah, you mentioned King Diamond, of course, it's solo stuff. And he has... Where do I, he has 12 studio albums and supposedly working on a 13th. And I, for me, I like the first few King Diamond solo albums, but after that, I kind of, I don't know if it's called getting bored or what, I don't know, but Missy's always in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, you know what? It's funny. Cause I like his later stuff too. And I'm a huge advocate for it, but uh, also Andy LaRoque is one of my favorite guitar players. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if it, that's a great reason alone to listen to it. But uh, some of the stuff that he dropped out you know, uh, around the pandemic was really good too. And I, I probably I like it. really it's gave spooky. it a chance probably either. So I probably should revisit it because we probably <laughs> should do a King Diamond album someday, I suppose. Probably. Too. <laughs> but which one? That'll be the, <laughs> that'll be the thing. Anyway, on to number two, Nightmare. Uh, I'll let you talk again. <laughs> <laughs> well so we have uh glockenspiel in the first one and then i was saying you know how can only the king can make glockenspiel metal but he makes a harpsichord metal in this one um nightmare is another favorite 
So this is the hard thing, right? I'm just like, oh, this song is so amazing. <laughs> I think it's two really good openers. Like you get through this and already you're like, this is just such a good album. And it's funny in the, you know, Wikipedia. Oh, wait, there is a harp. It says King plays the harpsichord. But what was the other thing you're talking about? Well, <laughs> harpsichord is in this one. And then uh, Dangerous Meeting. That's when I was like, is that a yeah. glockenspiel? Well, it doesn't mention anything about that here, but of course that doesn't mean anything. Maybe it's an uncredited glockenspiel. Maybe it's like the cows in that Cradle of Filth album we were discussing. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, yeah, I like the song too. Uh, I love the line, you're only living on borrowed time. His lyrics are great. And of course saying, you know, you are insane there with the evil laugh and stuff is of course always good. (laughs) <laughs> now both of these songs like i mentioned the first one I, both of these songs to me feel like they should be later in the album i don't know why not that they're bad but i don't know why you should build up to perfection is that why like they're yeah, just like oh you can't start on such high notes <laughs> well, well they're i well to me they're all high notes like i don't have a problem with any song like i do sometimes when we do these things <laughs> yeah that's no sort bad. of it right that's why i have so many like just fun yeah. facts and anecdotes because i was like man i just all i have to say is that every single every single song is great again there's parts of this album that we'll get to that i'm like ah maybe not this mm-hmm. um but i i don't know it starts off with like two of my favorites really and then we go do desecration of souls and uh I love the trade-off on solos from Denner. And then, of course, oops, Denner does a couple earlier ones, I guess, in this song. Or maybe it's another song I'm thinking of. But they always do trade-off on solos, him and Hank Sherman. And I just love all of them, of course. Now, I'm not a guitarist. Well, I have a guitar, but I wouldn't call myself a guitarist. <laughs> do you know but those I, two did a solo record together? I did. So, and Sherman and Do you remember, remember the name of the group? <laughs> no, I don't actually. Because <laughs> I know I heard one of the groups, or and I loved it, but I can't remember <laughs> the name of it, and I didn't see it in the stuff info I was looking up here. So, but it did mention another group, but I'm not going to look that up now. But anyway, do you have anything to add about the song? Wasn't Denner? Sorry, just to go back to that, wasn't Denner actually not with them when they toured recently? He was like one of the guys, one of the still alive guys, not. Uh, asked back well it says oops it says the current members are where are we oh wait present oh uh no it's mike weed is on the guitar and hank sherman yeah weird denner didn't get get invited back um i love desecration of souls this is another really good one i really like that super weird intro um and yeah, I don't know. I find the solo stuff a little, a uh, little more shrieky here, but that's what I like. Um, so I just, I like the range, I guess. And then, you know, that like trill that's in there. It's really good. And the, the lyrics, like, you know, there's uh, screams of pleasure, screams of pain, young love, young lovers must be insane. <laughs> and then you got dying flowers upon the grave. It's funny. The lyrics, when I heard them as a whatever, 18-year-old, 16-year-old, I forget, 16-year-old, I think. Of course, you just thought, oh, this is great. I'm going to draw pentagrams on my books at school and people will think I'm um, whatever. 
<laughs> but it never it never scared me or affected me. But now as an adult, and when you go to the doctor and they say you better change this or whatever, and then I walk through the cemetery, and then I'm thinking about merciful fate lyrics when I'm walking through the cemetery. <laughs> it's funny what sticks with you. <laughs> anyway, then um, so- we get to the night of the unborn, which ends side one. And uh this is one of my favorites off the album. It's a feast for the dead, which is part of the lyrics. And again, there's more guitar. Uh, solo trade-offs in here with the two and uh and and yes is again more blood curdling vocals to start off this song but i love the guitar a riff or lead or whatever you want to call it at the start by hank sherman it's awesome you know it's really funny i love that too i think the opening like the guitar when it first kicks in is so messy and i really like that um but uh, it's a more dynamic song for sure it's uh like I want to say like two thirds of the way through, it's got that like gallopy kind of solo. Um, it kicks in again, like right at the end. But yeah, I, I do. I really love that. This is a great song. It's funny because I didn't remember it super well, but I don't know why. Like this is a no skip album for me. Like I just put this on and I leave it. This is not uh, an album where there's like one that I just hate. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I just I never think about this song. Listening to it critically again, though, I was like, this is a kick ass song. Yes, I love this one. And then we turn the album over. That's for you old people. <laughs> or you vinyl collectors. I guess there's new, there's young people that are vinyl collectors. And then, of course, we have The Oath, which is the closest thing to a, a title track, I guess. And, well, you, you started about this then. Well, it's funny because you said it should start with this, but I think this is the perfect spot in an album for an interlude because it's like halfway through. Um, so you kind of have that like ambient storm and then um, like when the riff kicks in, it's so good. Uh, and I love the way the guitar just like matches the vocals. Uh, I really, really dig that. Um, but uh, it's the ahs and oohs, you know, that, <laughs> that I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the ahs and oohs that really, really I have do that, in this. It's funny. I have that written down here. It has ah, ah, ah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, I'm not going to sing it. I'm just saying that's what. So that's kind of funny that we both do that. That I, I find with King Diamond and some of these songs, it sounds like his voice is like another instrument. Like you said oh, about, is. yeah, it's like the music is going. It's kind of like in the old, I don't know, you listen much Led Zeppelin live, but you know, Jimmy Page would play something on the guitar, then Robert Plant would, ah, ah, ah the same kind of melody or whatever. <laughs> So it's kind of gives me that vibe. I don't know if that's maybe where he got that from or not. Of course, because so they don't sound King, like Led Zeppelin, yeah. but you know what I mean. <laughs> King Diamond's voice is absolutely an instrument. Uh, it's funny. So I, um, so for anybody listening who's not aware, uh, I own a restaurant and in the kitchen, I listen to uh, three main things, Motorhead, Venom or King Diamond. And the staff cannot stand when it's a King Diamond day. So that's, they'll tolerate, they, they like Motorhead the best, they'll tolerate Venom, but when it's a King Diamond day, they can't stand it. And what they always say to me is, this guy sounds like Elmo. And it's like, it's become a thing that's passed around the restaurant. Um, so much so that at one point, someone put, Elmo up on the screen while King Diamond was playing to try to make their point. I was like, how dare all of you? His voice is a masterpiece. 
And of course, that restaurant's name is the Hardy Hooligan in Hamilton, Ontario. Where the owner loves King Diamond and the staff do not. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sure there's lots of people that do not. Yeah, well, they're all wrong. <laughs> and then we go to Gypsy. I don't have a lot written down about this song, but it is another one of my favorites on the album. What do you think? I think that, uh, so I think this song is my favorite of his vocal performances. Uh, it's followed very closely by The Oath. Um, I think this is the most accessible song on the album, even the length, right? Because a lot of the songs on this are, are pretty long, but even the length is. And it's funny because uh, my one baker, Maddie, she was like, I know one King Diamond song. And I was like, they don't know the difference between Merciful Fate, King Diamond. They just hear the shrieky voice. Um, yeah. So she was like, I know a King Diamond song. And I was like, oh, what is it? And she's like, it's that one that starts off with like, ah. And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, you know, it's like, ah. And I was like, the, the, I, I can't stress to you how much that could be any song. Um, but it turned out it was Gypsy. Um, so when I was uh, re-listening to this, I messaged her and I was like, what was that in? And she was like, it's in a skateboarding video. So it's in a, so it's been popularized to some extent. So my instinct that this is the most accessible song, I guess, is not too far off the mark. It's in, it's in other spots. And not, uh, kind, not really off topic, but so do you play Halloween by King Diamond at Halloween? religiously like it's my <laughs> job like it was what i was put on this planet to do i i also no presents for christmas is my favorite christmas song <laughs> by a landslide that song is genius <laughs> yes that's a good one <laughs> they actually and they actually released i'm not going to look this up but they released an album or some i don't know what label it was now but they released an album that had half Merciful Fate songs and half King Diamond songs on it. <laughs> oh, nice. So all, all killer, no filler. But I believe it was like a best of, but I, I think, or, but uh, I didn't make a note of that. But anyway, it's out there if people want to look it up. I just can't remember what it's called. It might be called, cons is Conspiracy, or is that just another solo album? Maybe That's um, another solo album. Okay. And it's a great solo album. Well, maybe I'll look this when you're doing your top 10. I'll maybe look that up if I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then we go to, well, yes. Welcome princess of hell. <laughs> uh, and, well, I put, this is another one of my faves, but I've kind of said that a lot, haven't I? So See, that's the thing with this album. <laughs> this and, is why uh, I have so many King Diamond stories. Cause I was like, I feel bad just being like, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. Because our last album, we didn't really give a good review on, so it's, it's nice to be positive. You're right. <laughs> it's good to have some ups and downs. This one's just ups. I like the yodeling at the end of this one. <laughs> well, I love the way he says, I'm not going to say the way he says it, but I will bring I will bring in here my crystal ball. But now I forget, I didn't because I didn't write down the way you're supposed to sing it when I read it. But anyway, I love the way he sings that line in the song, which I believe is near the end of the song. Also great. A song? Um, no, but what I'll do is I'll add uh one more fun thing about King Diamond. So my favorite bar in Hamilton, it's the metal bar. It's called Doors Pub. And I was not there for this, but someone came in. Now they do have a big gigant, their one whole wall is just a poster of King Diamond. So <laughs> someone was sitting down, so it's someone new at the bar. 
asks the bartender, who's a great friend of mine, um, oh, who's that on the wall? And the bartender says, King Diamond. And then uh, the person's having a drink and is like, what the hell are you playing? And the bartender says, King Diamond. So King Diamond happened to be on. And then uh, the person's almost done their drink and says, can I connect to your Wi-Fi? What's the password? And the password was King Diamond. And the person's <laughs> like, never mind, and just left. <laughs> it gets uh, You get three King Diamonds before you sashay out of that place. Well, that reminds me, my dog's name is King. <laughs> now, my last dog's name was Ace, named after Ace of Spades by, of Adorable. course, Motorhead. And so I was trying to come up with a name for this dog. And so it has two meanings, one king as in King Diamond, but also King Diamonds as in the card Ace of Spades and now King Diamonds. Oh, that's genius. <laughs> okay, that's adorable. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and he's black. Well, both my dogs, that last dog is black and this dog's also black. Well, he's got a little white on him. And it's also oh. funny that in where I live in St. Mary's, Ontario, uh, there's a school behind me and a soccer field and there's a baseball diamond and the baseball diamond is called King diamonds. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I don't think there was a metal person that named the diamond. I think it's just a coincidence. <laughs> well, there's probably some metal people that stop and take pictures of it. Well, I did, but yeah. I want to get my dog. <laughs> See, there you go. I have to get my dog in the picture sometime, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then we go on to an instrumental called two, one far away. And this is just a slow instrumental, but I don't dislike it. <laughs> but, and it's a little bit, it's kind of like a, well, it's a slower uh, tune or whatever. There's some little, not vocals, lyrics, but some are probably ah-ah or ooh-ooh in it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of like, it would be a ballad if they would have made it like a full song and added lyrics to it, I suppose, if they kept it the same speed. But have any thoughts yeah. on the instrumental? Uh, I mean, I think like the creepy churchy kind of vibe, uh, it really does. I think it's important for the album. Um, uh, it, when I say it, it sort of brings it down. I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I do think it's genuinely good. Um, that being said, I skip this every time just cause stuff like this isn't my favorite. Um, mm -hmm. if I'm just like, I have this album on, it's like, cool. I, I don't, it's also what, like a minute, 30 seconds or something. Yes. It's not very it's, long. It's over. It's, but also the thing for me is like, I, I mean, whatever, like I love every artist on this album, but I listen to this for the King's vocals. I really do. And like, there's not really, there's no shrieky vocals on this. So if I'm listening to it, like in the car or on headphones, I skip this song, not because it's bad, just because it's not, it's not yeah. what I signed up for. <laughs> and I don't really think, I think it's just a separate song. I don't think it's a lead into the last song, which sometimes instrumentals are, but it's just its own instrumental as far as I can tell. And yeah. then we finish off with come to the Sabbath. <laughs> and oh yeah so what do you think of this one well it's funny because i think this it's either this or gypsy that's everyone's favorite um like this is definitely like an album ending on a really really high note i think there's something a little bit ethereal about it for sure but it, it's another really dynamic song that being said i really hate that guns and roses sounding riff at the end like i hate it 
Well, I didn't even notice, I guess. Oh, well, you will now. Next time you listen to it, just there's like this this riff at the end that I'm like, I just want to put my bare hands into the song and rip it out. Especially yeah. like I love the song. It doesn't make me not listen to it. I love the song so much. I just hate that stupid lick at the end. I love how it ends with the line, my sweet Satan, you are the one. And then it echoes, of course. It's such a sweet moment to finish the album with. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> the king, uh, he has talked about being a Satanist and how, but he says he sees it more like a philosophy than a religion. Mm-hmm. Well, and with and the difference between now, I don't know about the later Merciful Fate albums. Uh, I didn't get into all the lyrics of the other ones, but I know the first two are definitely all about satan or the occult or whatever and actually that brings me back to reminding me about something but when they released the 19 the debut melissa the song into the coven two years later in 1985 i guess it was it was put on the pmrc list of one of the filthy 15 songs that kids shouldn't be listening to Ooh, now, i'm not nice. sure why they picked that song off the album because they're all about the same thing <laughs> Right, I was trying to think of like what specifically it was about that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Someone's mom heard it. I guess. Maybe, no, that's no. It's yeah, it's Black Funeral where they say "Hail Satan," so it wasn't that. So I guess it's okay to say "Hail Satan." <laughs> that gets a pass. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, it's kind of like the number of the Beast album by Iron Maiden, where they they had a problem with every song except the one about the hooker. They didn't care about that song. <laughs> That gets a pass. <laughs> but anyway, back to Merciful Fate. Okay, uh, so let's, uh, yeah, let's rate this. What are you giving this out of 10? Um, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. 9? I know. I love every song. The only thing I don't like about it, the only thing I don't like is that Guns N' roses part at the end of Come to the Sabbath. <laughs> they lose a whole point for that. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> What are you talking about? You gave uh, Black Metal uh, by Venom 9 out of 10. <laughs> That's unreasonably harsh. What was my reason? I can't remember now, but... I don't I know. Don't, I don't remember. But I'm giving this 10 out of 10, so there, maybe that makes up for me. I know, now we've tipped the scales, because I gave Black Metal 10 out of 10. <laughs> there, now we're even. And I think we both <laughs> gave Cradle of, we both gave Cradle of Filth 7. <laughs> oh, I guess we'll um, see you at the next film. Huh? Cradle Filth also heavily influenced by King Diamond. Yeah, yes. Nobody's surprised by that. <laughs> now, uh, have you ever seen them live? Anybody, Merciful Fate or King Diamond? Unfortunately, I have not. Okay, I've never seen Merciful Fate, but I did see King Diamond once, and that was just like a couple of years ago in Spain when I was at a festival. Oh. So, of course, I didn't get to hear the Merciful Fate songs, but I did see Grandma on stage in a wheelchair and stuff like that, so it was kind of cool. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> did you, so this, um, was this around the time, do you know anything about like his relationship with Kevin Smith and like the View Askew universe? Uh, no, I do not. So, um, View Askew movies, the, the Kevin Smith movies are all the Jay and Silent Bob movies, like Clerks and Mall Rats mm -hmm. and Chasing Amy and all of that. So, um, Kevin Smith is the biggest, biggest King Diamond fan. Um, and once I say that, it's one of those things that you can't unsee. So, <laughs> Clerks 2, 
Um, this was when uh, um, them. Okay, Welcome Home from the album Them was just like a major plot point, right? So they sing that song all through the movie. Um, and then around Clerks 3, almost every single customer is wearing a King Diamond shirt. It's the kind of thing that like all clock is the one metalhead in the room. I'm like, oh, King Diamond shirt. Oh, shit, there's another one. Holy shit, that's like four King Diamond shirts in the first five minutes. Um, but uh, I guess Kevin Smith was the first person who was given permission from King Diamond to use his music in the movie. And it became like a plot point. Oh, interesting. But So he, he's a big part of the universe. <laughs> well, I just seen, I told you, I was just watching Terrifier 2. So <laughs> did I tell good. You, what was it? Did I see him? I forget. I saw something on the wall, but then I forget. There was heavy metal posters on the wall, but I can't remember if it was the King Diamond one in there. Or, I forget now, but. Anyway, I remember it was something good because I, uh, the person I saw the movie with, I, I turned to and was like, every time I see a 13 year old boy's bedroom, I'm like, ah, oh, that would be my room now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I had stuff all over my wall, but it wasn't until I was 16. I didn't <laughs> discover it. Anyway, because I had a bunch of Iron Maiden, my cut, I had a bunch of Iron Maiden posters. I think I had Ozzy and. My cousin, when my cousins from the east coast of Canada would come visit, they'd stay in my room. And she said she was scared to stay in my room with all these posters on the wall. <laughs> what a wimp. But now I got her son into heavy metal, so everything's okay now. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, Is there anything you wanted to talk about before we talk about the top 10 songs? You know, I don't think so. I think I got a... Uh, oh. I have one more. I think it's sort of a funny story about King Diamond. Um, I have, so like I said, most of my employees are not huge fans. So one person who works there, they were sitting down and they were like, I have something to tell you. And I was like, what? And they're like, I hate King Diamond. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, like King Diamond or Merciful Fate? And they're like, I don't know, like whatever it is that you play in here. And they're pointing to the restaurant. I'm like, oh, well, I don't play anything in here. Like, I don't, that's like too heavy for the old ladies that come in here. And they're like, <laughs> you no, know, like whatever, uh, like whatever this is. And I was like, this is Ghost. And they were like, well, whatever that band that, you know, you and Matt went to see in September was. And I was like, that was also Ghost. And they were like, well, whatever the baker was listening to the other night. I'm like, still Ghost. <laughs> So now it's a running joke at the Hardy Hooligan that, uh, well, I was like, you're just clearly a corpse paint racist and uh, they all look the exact same to you. Um, but uh, the, the running joke is that King Diamond and Ghost are one in the same. <laughs> well, I'm sure Ghost was influenced. I, think, I don't listen to Ghost, the band, but I mean, seeing their pictures, of course, I'm sure that he was influenced by the King there for his makeup anyway, I would think. I think they uh, they've also both got like pretty spectacular stage performances too and i mean it's uh the, they're another like really satanic band and they're they're also known for their you know okay all right elise i get why you made that mistake there are there is some overlap <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get to the top 10 i was just you know on spotify it'll tell you the most popular songs of the group yes yes, yes. like a top five right Yes. And I was just I was noticing that the song Evil, which is from Melissa, 
has been listened to for over 14 million times. And only half of that is me. <laughs> only half of it is you? Okay. <laughs> well, and the second song is A Dangerous Meeting, which is the first song on this album. And it's listened to almost 8 million times. So almost half as many times, which is weird to me. I don't really understand that. Quite a chasm. <laughs> And then the third one is Curse of the Pharaohs, which is at six million. And then it drops to three and a half million for Come to the Sabbath. And then Gypsy is a fifth one at like two million. Weird. I'm thinking, where's the oath? Like, would, I wouldn't, I mean, <laughs> if I picked this album out on Spotify, I only had time for one song, it would be the oath. So I'm surprised that the oath isn't one of the top five songs on Spotify. You know what, though? You can never predict what is going to be randomly popular from something stupid like a TikTok. Every once in a while, someone who works for me who's like 20 and has no business knowing like certain metal songs that I listened to in high school will know a song and I'm like, how do you know that? And they're like, oh, it's a TikTok trend. <laughs> and it would surprise you. Like sometimes it is metal. So who knows? Well, it's funny because the top, the first two are evil and a dangerous meeting. And they're both the type, the first song from each album. So maybe they're, somebody said, well, I'll listen to the first song. And it's like, ah, I don't want to listen to this group anymore. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and 8 million people did it. <laughs> But whatever, but yes. Anyway, okay, now let's do the top 10. Uh, who should go first? Want me to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, you usually go first. Oh, do I? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, number, now I have a lot of songs from this album and a lot of songs from Melissa. Oh, me too. I tried really hard not to do it though. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. But what, what, but the, okay, I'll just start. So number 10, I got Curse of the Pharaohs, which is from Melissa. <laughs> and then I have the Into the Coven is my number nine, also from Melissa. But then I have Is That You, Melissa, which is from In the Shadows. Because I like that album a lot, too. Fair. That's probably my third favorite Merciful Fate album, I guess, because I never really got into... I got Time, the album Time has some good songs on it, but... Mostly it's this first three, even though there was a nine-year difference in the yep. second third album. I'm anyway, with you. Number uh, six is Black Oh, Wait, I think I got too many songs on here. <laughs> I have eleven, <laughs> sorry. Number seven. Top 11? Number seven is Black Funeral from Melissa, and that's the Hail Satan song. <laughs> <laughs> number six, I have Gypsy from this album. Number five, I have Egypt. From In the Shadows, which is the first song on that album, but it didn't make Spotify list. <laughs> <laughs> Four, I have Evil, which we just talked about. Number three, I have Legend of the Headless Rider from In the Shadows, probably because I, I, I like the story. It's the Headless Horseman kind of deal thing song. Yep. So, and it's a that's a pretty long song, I guess. That's one of the longer ones. Well. <laughs> Yes, one of the long ones. It's like seven or eight minutes anyway. And number two, I got Night of the Unborn from this one. And then my number one, of course, is The Oath from this <laughs> one, obviously. All good. <laughs> All solid choices. Okay, so let's I, hear yours. 
I spent the day trying really hard to go through and like there's there's other uh there's definitely other Merciful Fate albums that I do like but obviously it Melissa and Don't Break the Oath are the ones I listen to the most but I was like I I need to diversify. So, uh my number 10 is also Curse of the Pharaohs from Melissa. Um number 9, this is going to be kind of a weird one, but uh Leave My Soul Alone from Return of the Vampire. Um oh. I know I uh, that's their, their compilation album and it's like rare demo tracks that didn't quite make it. Um, but I think it's just a good dumb rock and roll banger and I love it. Uh, number. Oh, sorry what? to interrupt you, but Lars Ulrich is a guest on one of those songs on that album, I believe. Isn't it that one? I think. Oh man, I hope so. That would make, that would totally explain why I, it's a dumb rock and roll Not banger. <laughs> I'd have to find it. Anyway, continue, and maybe I'll bring it up after I find okay. it. Uh, number eight, uh, The Uninvited Guest from Into the Unknown. And that's actually funny because I like it because I like the you know, spooky storytelling part. Like, you know what? This song actually reminds me of some of that later King Diamond that I that I do like. Um, same thing. It's just like, oh, here's a scary story, kids. Um, number seven is Nightmare. Don't break the oath. Mm-hmm. Um, number six. I can't help it. I know it's I know it's stupid and bad, but nuns have have no fun from the beginning. Like I I can't help it. That song kicks ass. I love the riffs. Um, number five is Gypsy. Don't break the oath. Four, Burning the Cross, also from Return of the Vampire. I it's another really really long one, but it's so sick. Mm-hmm. And number three, Evil off of Melissa. Number two, A Dangerous Meeting, Don't Break the Oath. And number one, Satan's Fall from Melissa. And yes, I know it's long as hell, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I did find out Metallica drummer Lars Ulrich, a fellow Denmarkian, of course, even though they're probably not called that. He guested <laughs> on the track Return of the Vampire. So That's amazing. <laughs> I like that one. It's not That one's not... Uh, not one of my favorites from that album, but uh, I do like that one. Now, when I made the, when I made my list, I didn't really consider those albums actually when I did it, which is fine. I like so the ones I only, that are. Yeah, I only considered, fair. I guess, the regular studio albums. I didn't go back to those ones, like the demo stuff. Yes, even though I, I do have them on CD. The only two vinyl albums I have are Melissa and Don't Break the Oath. But I, so I guess after that, I got into CDs, I guess, after that. It must be when they got big or whatever. I yeah, thought the I demo did. tracks were fair game because we use those a lot for Cradle of Filth. Our top 10 both had them. <laughs> yes, I did. I just didn't go that way with this, I guess. <laughs> but even so, I don't know if they would have made my list or not. Because I do really like Melissa and Don't Break the Oath song. Yeah. So there we go so that's it i guess we're done anything else to add about this album or king or the king no i think i think that's every single story that i have about king diamond i'm pretty sure (laughs) (laughs) okay so i guess we'll say goodbye before i say goodbye i'll repeat to you make you check us out on the internet on our website www.themetalpit.org and follow our facebook and instagram at the metal pit and youtube channel which doesn't have a lot of videos on it yet but hopefully we'll have more interviews added to it soon and that is at the metal pit 666 and of course subscribe to our podcast and go back and listen to other ones 
though me and Stasia have did this is our third one. We also did a Cradle of Filth album, and of course, Venom's Black Metal, and those all need to be listened to over and over. <laughs> so thank you, Stacia, for joining me. Thank you for having me. So goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>